they put on that t-shirt and it changes their identity. They're a part of your tribe. They're part of your brand. And so when you've put in that foundation, you've, you've put in the time to build that, that brand and that connection. Now, all of a sudden that merchandise, those experiences, those things that you're creating, it's not, again, it's not just slapping your logo on something and sending it out. It's actually changing who that person is by interacting with that thing. And now that's where a lot of that value comes from. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm super excited to be here today with Gabe Schillinger. Gabe is the CEO, producer, and engineer behind Legion Beats, which offers quality beats and hooks, uh, mixing and mastering a promo. They worked with artists like Kendrick Lamar, 2 Chains, Snoop Dogg, and a lot more. And specifically, they really focus on really supporting artists in the new music industry and selling beats online. And today, I thought it would be really great to dive into really like the the landscape right now as a music industry has changed so much uh, over you know 20, 30 years ago with the rise of the internet. And right now, there's still a lot of things that are kind of evolving and changing. We're all learning as we go. So I thought it would just be great to open up and have a, a conversation about the current state of the music industry, what's changed from, you know, from the past 10, 20 years and where we kind of imagine it going um, the next 10, 20 years from now. So Gabe, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. Michael, man, appreciate you having me on. You know, it's an honor. I love what, what you're doing and the way that you're, you know, pushing the industry forward. It, it inspires me. And so, yeah, I'm excited to get a chance to geek out on some, some music and some marketing stuff and, and see, see what your thoughts are and yeah, happy to contribute to the conversation. Heck yeah, man. I'm definitely excited to, to dig into it and geek out. So to start out with, you know, I know that you've worked a lot with like really like hands-on and personally with a lot of um, music artists at this point, and you probably see a lot of the same patterns and challenges and mistakes kind of coming up. So especially in regards to this topic that we're talking about with like the new music industry versus the old music industry, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that the artists are making right now? Well, so I can just say from my experience, like the biggest mistake that I was making for a long time was just focusing on the music, just the creative side. So just for me being a producer and an engineer and just thinking, okay, as long as I get good enough at my craft of producing and engineering, then I'm going to be okay. Somebody's going to come save me, a manager, a label, somebody's going to come find me. They're going to save me and, and everything's going to be great. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we both know that that's not really how it works. And so I spent a long time doing that and, and working on my craft and getting to hang out in the studio and stuff like that. And it was cool, but it wasn't until I started to actually learn and really embrace the business, the marketing side of things that things really turned around for me. And I started to really have fun again and started to actually be able to make money, you know, doing what I love doing music and then kind of realizing that the the marketing, the business side of things is not only something that I could actually be good at, which I never thought that before. I was, you know, I'm like, a, you know, I was a musician, basically. I was, you know, artist, producer, engineer, not somebody who's a business owner or a marketer or anything like that. But once I started actually 
learning about some of the cool new marketing stuff and started actually applying to my music, then it completely shifted my perspective. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, this stuff is, this stuff is actually fun. Like you can actually be creative doing this stuff. You know, it was time for me to not just put all of my energy, my creativity, my passion, my time, everything into my music, but put it into that other side of things, the marketing, the business. Uh, and that's when things, you know, really took off for me. And when I've been working with other producers and artists and stuff, that's to me, the biggest thing is that sort of mindset shift of not thinking, oh, all the business and marketing stuff sucks. It's boring. Somebody else is going to do it for me, but instead be like, oh no, this is another outlet for my creativity. And once I look at it that way, that's when things can really take off. I can actually make a great living and actually make an impact, you know, in the world doing what I want to be doing. Mm. That's awesome, man. Yeah, such a such a big breakthrough too. I think to to realize that as a creator, as an artist, as a musician, that the business side of things isn't necessarily something that's like separate from who you are, or separate from your artist identity, or you have to like sell out in order to be successful uh, with your marketing, with your business. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about about that because that's something that I f- that I feel like comes up quite a bit, especially for artists. Right? Is this feeling? of not wanting to sacrifice their integrity or themselves as an artist or feeling like, you know, maybe focusing on making money or focusing on, on the business side of it is somehow at odds with their, their artist identity. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like how how can someone overcome that? Or like, really, like, how do you view uh, someone, an artist being authentic and, you know, being able to uh, merge that with their, their business? Yeah, I think there's a few things. I mean, one is if you love music enough that you want to do it full time, then you better figure out how to make some money doing it. Otherwise, you're going to have to have a job and then you do music in your spare time. And then if that's how you want to do it, then cool. That's that's its own thing. But, you know, if it is something you want to do full time, then, yeah, you, you, that's the reality. You got to figure out how to make some money doing it. So that's that's one thing. Also, you know, not to get too like philosophical about art or whatever, and everybody has their own definition, but if you're only making art for yourself and nobody else likes it, then I don't know, then maybe you are just doing a hobby, right? Maybe that is just a hobby and that's cool. And you should have a day job and make the music. But if you are making art for the world, then embrace that. And you know, okay, part of what I'm doing here is to, you know, take my, you know, my my fan my customer on this experience whether if it's an emotional experience or whatever it is and that's that's part of my job and that's from the music itself and it's also from the experience they have interacting with me and my brand and that is that's my job that's what i'm going to do and i'm going to embrace that and then i think the other thing is kind of what i mentioned before is that you know you see all this creativity and passion and excitement go into our music right And then you see the exact same artist or producer or whatever, it's time to now promote that. And there is zero creativity. They're doing the exact same thing everybody else is doing. They don't care, you know, they're not not doing anything exciting. And so it's like, it's just another opportunity for for you to express that creativity. It's not, oh, how can I, you know, trick people into giving me their money? No, it's how can I create enough value to my, customer to my fan base that they actually are happy to give me money because I've created this experience or product or service or, you know, whatever it is and embracing that, 
that journey, embracing the creativity of that and using that and knowing that I'm not just somebody who makes beats. I'm somebody who creates a whole experience. And that includes, yes, that includes the emails I send out and the content that I created, the, the things that I sell, you know, all of that is part of uh, me as an artist or a brand. It's not just putting out music. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. And, and one key thing that just stuck out about what you said too, was it was really about like the shift, the shift from focusing on like me, 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 and like, oh, my artwork and, and shifting it to focus on like, how can I contribute or how can I provide value to other people? And it seems like that's really kind of the core, the core of having a successful business and really just being like a happy human, I think is like, is really focusing on that question. Like how can I actually serve and like contribute at the highest level? And there's kind of like a magic switch that happens when that's the question you start asking yourself instead of like, what can I like me, me, what can I get out of this? But more like, what can I, how can I contribute and how can I, how can I provide more value in the situation? So I really love the way that you, that you, you express, express that. You know, obviously there's, there's certain things that are like, you know, commercial things or things that are trending or things where there's just like a global wave that's happening. It's almost like we're surfers. And if you like swim along with a certain wave, you might catch it and get like a big boost, boost of momentum. And so there's, there's definitely things like that. I'm wondering when it comes to, you know, some, I think that one, I don't know if paradox is the right word, but one like place of conflict sometimes that people come into is wanting to, you know, to be able to plug into those existing waves and like the commercial side of things, but also being afraid of kind of like losing their own sense of identity or their own sense of like who they are. Like they don't want to like just kind of forget like that, like maybe they have a certain style of music that they really enjoy making, but that's not part of that wave that's happening right now. So I guess I'm curious, what are your thoughts on kind of going, like riding that wave? Like, do you... At what, like what level of balance do you think that people find? Do you think it's really just all about like, well, it's not really about you at all. Like just like find the wave and like plug in. That's how you provide value. Or is it like, right. you know, find a way to merge with the wave? Like what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I guess there's two, there's sort of two sides to it in a way where it's like, okay, like at one extreme would be, okay, I make uh, whatever genre of music, but what's what I think is popular right now is this completely different genre that I hate. So I'm just gonna like grip my teeth and try to make my stupid version of this song or this this type of music that I think is stupid, right? And I think we can probably all agree that that's not really gonna work out great for anybody. You're probably not gonna do a good job at creating that other genre of music, let's say. And then there's sort of the other end of it of like, well, I'm just gonna completely, again, ignore what everybody else wants to hear and I'm just making my art purely for myself and I don't care if anybody else in the world likes it, right? So probably somewhere in the middle is where you kind of got to find that find that spot but i would say that like there's different ways to approach that right there's like you know like on, even on just talking about content you know like on social media like on tiktok they'll have these trends right where it's just like you know this sort of this some kind of almost like meme but but then it's like how do i do my version of that right mm. and to me almost it's like a, a microcosm of what I was talking about with marketing where it's like, okay, well, if maybe this one looks interesting to me, let me figure out how can I plug my creativity, my uniqueness into this thing. And that way it is riding this wave of something that happens to be popular right now, but I'm, I'm doing my version of it. And a lot of times the, the, the more parameters you have around what you can do, the more creative you have to be. There's a good quote about that. That's not quite coming to mind, but it's something like, uh, I can't remember, but basically like, yeah, the more limits you have, the more you're kind of tied into like, well, you can only use these 
three notes on this one instrument, well, then mm -hmm. it's going to force you to be a lot more creative than you have access to every instrument in the world, right? So right. I think that that's a way to approach that. It's like, okay, well, what is trending right now? What is popular right now? Now, within those parameters, how can I be unique and, and put my voice to that in a way that now it's relevant? Because people are like, oh, cool, he flipped that whatever thing that we're all kind of talking about, but oh, the way he did it is, is really unique. So I think that that's mm -hmm. one way to kind of look at that is how can you fit your voice, your style, your genre, your truth into what is uh, trending or what people are interested in at, at this time. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's that's so good. Yeah, you know what the visual that came into mind as you're describing that too. Maybe this is because I'm really geeking out lately on the software development world, and we're getting ready to like launch our software as a service, and I'm learning about things like GitHub. And I'm like, man, this is cool. But you know, part of the way that that works is that there's these branches, kind of like a tree. You have like a root branch, right? And then you have all these different little tentacles that kind of branch off from the root. And so it sounds like one way of kind of visually describing. What you're talking about is almost like the way our brain works when you look at like the way our neurons connect you know we have these like thick branches and then if you can find if you can branch off of those and do something in your own unique way it's a good way to you know both marry the existing movement of really what's you know what's connecting right now what's the movement that's happening right now along with you know doing it in your own unique way and bringing the thing that makes you you to the current movement definitely definitely and i think kind of maybe related to to software and marketing and business and stuff, you know, for me, I think the one of the reasons why I've been able to sometimes do things in my little niche of selling beats online that maybe is early or sometimes maybe even the first uh, to do it or to do it at a certain scale is not it's not because I'm any smarter or, or or anything like that, but it's that or that I'm like up on the exact super latest thing. It's more that I've got this foundation of understanding like sort of the basics of marketing and psychology. And these are some of the ways that people are driven to make decisions. And once you kind of understand some of those basics, some of that foundation of here's how to drive traffic, here's how to, you know, grow your list, how's here's how to nurture a relationship with that list, here's how to convert that list into customers, right? It's the same thing that works for every business from 10,000 years ago to 10,000 years in the future. Once you understand some of those basics, then it becomes, oh, here's this new software, here's this new social media platform, whatever. And instantly you go, oh, I see where this fits into this framework that I already have. Mm -hmm. So I see the opportunity right away. I know what to do. It's not, it's not even that I'm being innovative or anything new. It's just like, oh, there's that thing. I see how that fits into this foundation of this thing I already have. And now I can be early and, and one of the first to, to do this. I, I, Hopefully I'm explaining that well, but it's it's it starts with understanding kind of that foundation. And then from there, now it's like, okay, now I can apply that. You know, I guess maybe like the music analogy, would, if you have some basic, you know, theory and understanding, it doesn't matter if it's a brand new instrument, you have an idea of, oh, okay, I kind of, I instantly have an idea of how to use this because I know how it can fit into the framework of how I'm, how I know how to make a song. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so good. Yeah. And, it, and again, like what came to mind with that visual of like the branches, like it's really like that root the root where everything else can kind of branch from. And, and I think that's so important to like have those foundations, have the fundamentals. And that's one thing that I, I know that both of us, really like our mentors have made a huge impact on us. And in a lot of ways, like they have, they're like these these roots, like they, they have like the foundation, the fundamentals and things can kind of like grow and, and sprout it from there. When it comes to some of those foundational things that, you know, I, I agree, they're so, it's so important to be able to focus on those because those things, they aren't necessarily as like time 
base where like they go they're only like you know they only work for a week or two and then it's like they stop working right it's like the basic yeah. underlying like patterns the things that are tr always true a wave is always a wave you know, there's gonna be different waves but like if you know the foundation of a wave then you can you can catch you can catch the next wave so yeah. in terms of marketing and in terms of like of this like you know really the foundations of a business and how that applies to musicians what do you think are some of the things that that are commonly missed right now in terms of like some of the most important fundamentals that would be valuable to discuss for musicians? I think a big one is attention, traffic, social media, and building your list and how those all kind of tie together. So a lot of times I think what we see as musicians, as artists, as producers, we see the people who are successful and they've got a whole bunch of followers, subscribers, likes, comments, those types of things, right? So we think, oh, that must be the goal. That's the thing that equals success is if I have more followers, subscribers, likes, comments, et cetera, on, on these different platforms. But to me, that's actually missing the point because the point is to take the people who are on that platform, which is say Instagram, for example, right? So yes, your listeners, your fans, your followers, your potential customers, they might be on Instagram, but here's the thing is you can get a bunch of followers and then your account can get shut down in an instant. It happens all the time, right? Or even more commonly, the algorithm changes where they on, you know, on Monday you put something out and 10,000 people see it on Tuesday, you put something out and a hundred people see it. And all of a sudden it's because the algorithm changed, something switched up, you know, Facebook and Instagram changed their their business model to where now, you know, like Facebook used to be, you get a whole bunch of organic reach. Now you get basically zero. It's all pay to play. They just changed their business model. So if I had spent years and years getting a whole bunch of followers or likes on my Facebook page overnight, that became worthless, right? And the reason why is because we don't own that traffic, right? This is the concept I learned from, we're talking about mentors, something I learned from Russell Brunson, um, this concept of owning traffic. And so, you know, if you have followers on Instagram, guess who owns that traffic? It's Mark Zuckerberg. That's his traffic. It's his platform. He can do whatever he wants with it, right? But once you get somebody's phone number or you get their email address, now you own that traffic because now you have the ability to text, call, email that person from any platform you want. It's not platform specific, right? I could import my list into whatever MailChimp and then I could say, nah, never mind. I'm going to bring it over to active campaign. I can just go into Gmail and type in their name. I can go on my phone and text somebody, right? So that's when you own that list. So that's, that's the most important thing is to actually own that list. So when you're looking, when you're thinking about social media, the purpose of that is to get the attention there, you know, find your followers, find your subscribers, connect with them there, but then get them off that platform onto yours, meaning get that email, get that phone number. And now you can nurture that relationship from there. Now you can really own that relationship, own that traffic. And from there it's, you know, elevating that relationship of, okay, now I'm going to go to the next step of, you know, showing them more of my music of going now from somebody who's a fan to a customer and, and selling them, you know, services and experiences and products and, you know, whatever your, your sort of business model that you work out might be. But super important is not focusing on how many likes, comments, fans, or you know, followers you have on those platforms, but how many you can actually move from that platform onto uh, your own platform. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. 
So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast. Or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire music mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight series. And that's where we're going to bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're gonna have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you wanna take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. One uh, way that, that I describe what, what you just talked about is with this analogy of what we call like the rain catcher. And the rain catcher is just a fancy way of saying like building a funnel. But, you know, the idea that generating traffic or exposure is like you know in a way it's kind of like you make a storm it starts raining like the raining is exposure but you know if you're just kind of holding out your hands then most of the rain is wasted it goes into the ground you don't really capture it but if you're smart you, know, you can have these these rain catchers these funnels to like you know to capture that you, you can even have a magnet at the top of them that kind of like pulls like you know, magnetically like pulls in the, the rain as it's falling and literally like what you just described is exactly what i talk about too in terms of like you know farmer i call him farmer facebook comes along it's like you can use my rain catchers out of y'all it's like well now you gotta pay me some money right so that's that's i 100 agree i think it's so important and one thing that's, that's really missing for a lot of musicians because it, there is a lot of focus on social media and like numbers and in some cases somewhat like vanity metrics compared to like the nitty-gritty of like you know what's your you know, if you're using paid traffic what's your cost per acquisition and like what's your value per acquisition so I guess one to go a little bit deeper into that because I think that I think that you're 100 right that that's one big missing component is like you know focusing too much on the on the front end of like the social media platforms and not tying that back into your own platform that you own being able to build a deeper relationship with people through there and, and I also know that for a lot of people who are listening to this right now they're even like maybe one step behind or behind that where it's basically like man how do I even get people how do I get the attention in the first place like how do I even like I want to grow my social media platform so I can grow my email list like how do I even do that so yeah. what are some of your thoughts around ways for them to also just garner that initial attention yeah I mean I'll, I'll move on to that in a second but I do think it's so important to have that second part ready from the start because I do think that the mistake is so often focusing on that first part mm -hmm. only of like okay let me get the attention let me get the followers 
and then it ends there. And to me, the reason why I've been able to get more and more of those attention and followers is because I have the next part of that built out where once they get onto my platform, I have a process of converting that person into a customer. And because I have that process, it means now I can make some money, which means I can invest more money into getting that more attention. Right. So by having some of that back end of that process built out, that's actually what's allowed me to then go out and get more attention because I, I'm, I'm generating revenue already. You know, instead of saying, OK, let me build up this brand, let me get as much you know, recognition and as many people to know me as possible. And then I'm going to figure out how to make some money later. For me personally, I was sort of all the way on the other end of the spectrum. I was like, OK, let, let me as a producer selling beats, that was specifically what I was doing. Let me get that process in place. OK, they're going to they're going to give me their email address and phone number. Then I'm going to have this little nurture sequence. Then I'm going to offer them this little beat pack and then this. Bam, let me build that out. Let me work on that. And then let me, you know, just literally get on, you know, Twitter and Instagram and start DMing people to get traffic to that thing, just to reach out to people personally and, and start getting them into that funnel into the, what you call it, the, that rain catcher, right? And just, and just like physically willing one person at a time into there, making sure that process works, generating revenue. And now I can do, you know, more paid traffic. Now I can do more because I have money and, and time now to, to focus on that front end. So to me, I just, I really emphasize that part of it. Cause I think there's just way too much focus on the, the brand and the front end. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but you got to do something with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so important is, is having that again. Like, yeah, like if you make it rain before you have the rain, then it's just like goes in the ground, right? It's wasted. So I a hundred percent agree that, you know, having, having it set up on the back end. I also do think that like sometimes it could be a little bit challenging. I mean, in, in our case and what I would recommend for like, for everyone, like you know, that you have guidance or that you have like mentorship to basically help you that has more experience when it comes to like, okay, how do you build this back end? Because I do yes. think that sometimes early on, like they might not even know like, okay, like what, how do I build this out on the back end? They might be like totally dis so disconnected because they're not even having those initial like conversations on the front end that they might not know what the back end should look like to connect with people. But, but I a hundred percent agree. I think that it's a huge wasted opportunity and that there's so much focus on the front end without talking about the back end because it feels good for our egos to like have numbers and to like, you know, to look popular and, and stuff. So I, yeah, I, de I definitely agree with, with what you just said. Yeah. And then I guess not to, not to completely ignore, ignore your question, you know, one of the things that I did with, which is what I said was literally just to reach out to people, you know, and figure out, okay, let me find the people that might be interested in what I'm doing. So for me, if I happen to be a producer who's selling beats, well then let me find other accounts that are producers selling beats and maybe the people that are following and interacting with those accounts, pretty good chance that those are people who are gonna be interested in what I'm doing. If I'm an artist and I have a certain genre of music that I make, I might find other artists, find their audience and see, oh, who are the most engaged members of this audience? Who are the people who are actually liking and commenting on, on their stuff? And then go and interact with those people and go and, and actually, you know, like and comment on those fans things, you know, leave, yeah, leave comments, wait until they then see, oh, somebody, somebody liked and commented on my stuff. Let me go check them out. They check out your account. You do a, you know, hopefully a decent job of making your account show the value that you have, whether if that is the type of music you make or you sell beats or whatever it is, some percentage of those people are going to follow you back. 
people who follow you back, go ahead and send them a DM. And and this was actually something that I learned from Rick Barker, I, I think a mutual friend of ours, is like specifically on uh, Instagram, is when you leave a, send a DM, instead of typing out a little like, hey, thank you so much for the follow, blah, 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 send them a video or an audio message. And it just, it makes such a big difference. They feel like, oh my God, this person took the time, you know, and say their name in the message. So be like, hey, what's up, Michael? Really excited to connect with you here on Instagram, you know, let me know if there's any projects you're working on, would love to speak more, right? That would be maybe for me as a producer, if I'm an artist, you know, maybe be targeted a little bit more towards like, you know, hey, I, I don't know if you're a fan of blah, blah, blah type of music, I'd love to hear more about it, let me know, right? So now you're starting this conversation, it feels super personal, and now you are building those relationships. It's not just about, well, how many people can, can I get to hit follow, but how many people can I really start that relationship, which then the next step is gonna be, now how do I take them off of this platform or onto mine? How do we nurture that relationship? How do we convert them into, into you know, true fans and customers from there? Yeah, and that's, that's definitely the, what you just shared, I feel like is both part of like the current wave in terms of like, yeah, like use social media in order to find where those people are engaging, where they hang out and, you know, sending them a DM or sending them an audio or video message. I think that loom loom.com recording a quick like video message is one of the most amazing tools that they, that we can use to be able to, to communicate or to be able to connect with, with new, new fans. And also just like the basic foundations of what what you just shared are so in line with like just the way it always has been with you know with business with marketing is like you know first find out who are the people who are most likely to get value from what it is that you offer and i mean even before that you, know, you figure out what do you have that's valuable that you can offer so it's like you, it's kind of like you do that first step that you just talked about first you kind of build out the back you feel like okay like what could i how can i provide more value what can i kind of package together that's actually going to provide something that people are willing to pay for and building kind of a sequence around that and then finding out where do people where do people spend their time the people who are most likely to resonate so in this case if you're an artist finding out like you know where do your fans hang out well they're probably following other bands that are in your genre that and they're probably going out to shows they're probably engaging with them online and meeting them where they hang out and introducing yourself being friendly you know actually having a conversation really really um, powerful so uh, let's talk a little bit about you know, maybe the back end. If we kind of like zoom back a little bit more now towards, especially like in today's day and age with streaming, you know, you need a lot, a lot of streams in order to make, you know, an income from it. But I think that for most most artists, the music isn't necessarily like the, the revenue generator anymore. And it's like they have to offer other things. So yeah. What are some of the biggest opportunities you think that are available right now for musicians to be able to offer on the back end for things that are actually valuable to their fans and just ways for them to build a sustainable income with their music? Yeah, that's like the big question, right? So for me as a producer, honestly, I have, it's a little bit easier than if you are an artist because I do have a product my that people are still willing to pay for you know artists still do buy beats but it still is a challenge because there's you know i think i think there's over two million producers on beat stars which is just one of the beat selling platforms right so now i'm competing with two million other producers selling essentially the exact same product for essentially the exact same price so then it becomes still kind of the same question well how can i actually provide more value how can i how can i stick out so for me i'm thinking about well what are the different things, what are the different problems that my potential customer are dealing with? So for me personally, my customer is 
you know, rappers and singers, right? And so one way to look at that is, okay, every time you solve one problem for your customer or fan, you actually create more problems. Something I learned from a, a guy named Steven Larson. And it sounds bad at first, but it's actually a good thing, right? If I if I teach you something and you make a whole bunch of money, now you have a new problem. You have to learn where to invest that money. You have to learn where to go on vacation, right? These are not bad problems. You just create new problems, right? So if I provide beats to an artist, then maybe now that problem is solved, but now maybe they need mixing and mastering. Maybe they need artwork for their single or for their album. Maybe they need help promoting it. Maybe they need help with their social media. Maybe they need help with their mindset so that they can actually, you know, stick with it long enough to, to put that song out, right? There's, there's so many different things around that first initial thing that I offered that now I can continue to solve more problems and a higher level of problem that's going to now make it so that people want to work with me instead of those 2 million other producers, because I actually am solving more problems. So that's, so that's one way to think about it. I think, again, if you're an artist and your customer is a fan and essentially they want to listen to music because they, I don't know, it makes them feel a certain way, gives them an emotion, makes it feel good then it, it's not quite as straightforward, right? It's it's more of a, a B2C, a business to customer, as opposed to I'm kind of in a business to business, sort of. It's kind of a hybrid in a way uh, where, you know, a rapper or singer is, they're building their business too, right? So to me, where I want to start then there, if you're an artist, is, is think about really, really get clear about your customer avatar, really get clear about who your fan is and who exactly you want to serve. Who exactly is that person and get really deep into like, you know, come up with the whole story, give that person the name, figure out, you know, a whole, whole backstory of exactly who's that person. Right. And then think about, well, what's the result I want to get them. So for me, it might be, okay, well, it's a rapper and I want to help them accomplish blah, 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 blah. But maybe as an artist, it's, well, you know, my customer avatar is, you know, a kid in, you know, the Midwest and he's, you know, struggling with anxiety and blah, blah, blah. I don't know, something like that. Right. So then it's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So my music of course is going to speak to that person and that's, and that's great. But now, well, what else can I do for that person? What can I, what can I create around that brand? Right. So maybe for one thing is making sure that I'm talking about that. I'm talking about anxiety and mental health and stuff like that. So that, so, you know, it helps that person feel better. It gives that person some tools and resources. And then maybe I create, you know, a brand or a logo that that's empowering in some way. And now all of a sudden, when I say, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to send this relationship to the point, you know, we've done some of the stuff we've already talked about. And now we're getting to the point where we're going to sell something. It's not that I just slapped a random logo on a t-shirt, but now that logo on that t-shirt represents something to that kid in the Midwest, right? It represents me taking control over my anxiety, for example, right? They put on that t-shirt and it changes their identity. They're a part of your tribe. They're a, tri a part of your brand. And so when you've put in that foundation, you've, you've put in the time to build that, that brand and that connection. Now, all of a sudden that merchandise, those experiences, those things that you're creating, it's not, again, it's not just slapping your logo on something and sending it out. It's actually changing who that person is by interacting with that thing. And now that's where a lot of that value comes from. And then from there also, you could tie that into, you know, other actual products and services. You know, I don't know, maybe if, maybe you have CBD products that, you know, you tie, you could connect with a, a brand that does something like that and, and, you know, that helps with anxiety or, you know, again, these are not like the examples that 
whoever's listening to this needs to necessarily <laughs> use. But uh, looking you know, at the Google Trends, it's like CBD oil <laughs> for musicians spiked like fifty percent overnight. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe you, maybe your music is about being a vegan, and you send people veggie trays. I, I don't know. What, right? Whatever it is, figure out what you can tie into that brand, to that tribe, to that that feeling that you're creating, and now turn that into actual value of experiences, products, services, so that you can you know, eventually start to make some money. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, I, th- I think absolutely. The the thinking about the value that you offer as a musician and getting really intentional, like, you know, what what, what is it? What's, what's the most valuable thing that you can offer to your fans? And I think that that exercise that you're talking about of like getting really in touch with your your avatar, your fan avatar, and especially like, you know, if you're just starting out or you don't really have like an audience yet, in order to get truly in touch with your avatar, like you need to talk to those people and <laughs> you need to like have conversations with them. And you probably need to, you know, get on zoom calls and like do pri- do performances for them and ask them questions and kind of just learn about their lives. And through that process, you know, if you're doing it with the end in mind, you're thinking about like, how can I provide value? You're probably asking them a lot of questions about what, it, like, what can you possibly provide that, that is valuable to them? And I think that, a couple of things that you, that you pointed out are really smart. As musicians, his, I mean, historically and still the way it is today, like music is such a community-based type of thing. And it's like such a tribal, it's one of the last tribal experiences I think that we really have is like coming together for, for shows when, you know, heaven forbid there's not like a global pandemic or something that's happening. <laughs> you know, but, but even, sure. even when there is like a lack of live shows like in person, people still like more than ever need community and like they need tribe. Yeah. And like music, man, like it can bring us together and it can, you know, connect you with new people you've never even met before that you're like brothers and sisters, like you're, you have know, so, so much diversity. So I think that really knowing that that's one of the most valuable things that you offer, you can do a lot with that. Things like at live shows, you know, if you are doing live shows and you don't have a VIP meet and greet, you know, ticket, like those are some of the most lucrative things that you could offer is like a VIP meet and greet and things like, a Patreon, like a private community that you know, people get exclusive access to, to you and your music. They get to get more connected and to the rest of the community. And, and lastly, the one thing that you pointed out that I think is really, really smart and that we're finding right now is like one of the most lucrative income streams for, for artists when it comes to like their fan relationships is creating experiences for them and creating things that are on more of like a transformational level. Things like doing putting together a retreat where like some of your fans like can come together to this retreat and maybe you're you're recording new songs at a studio and they get to come you know at the studio for part of it i mean i think that one big thing again this isn't for everyone but i mean it will definitely be for a certain portion of your audience is just like you being who you are and creating your type of music like if you can just kind of share how your creative process and like this is the behind the scenes this is how i create my music and you can bring people in you can teach that then i mean you can literally just document yourself while you're being creative and doing it and if you can create like a course out of that then there's going to be a portion of your audience that's interested in that and you know i think it's a really big opportunity to to explore especially because you can really just kind of document what you're already doing it's going to also help you reflect on your own craft as you're as you're doing it Definitely. No, a hundred percent. All those are great ideas. I hope people are taking notes because that's like basically like 
pretty much summed up, you know, all the ways that, that you can really monetize. And I'll just, just to add one small thing to that is there's, there's something so powerful, of course, about in-person experiences, right? Like concerts and, and, and those types of things. And obviously those are more limited, at least as of this recording right now with the pandemic and stuff like that. But also, you know, I think things are moving more and more in that direction where people are getting comfortable with virtual, virtual things. And you can create some awesome virtual experiences. You know, you can do really cool stuff just with Zoom where it does feel intimate and you do make people feel like they're a part of this live thing. And so I don't want people to think that the only way to create those, you know, those live VIP type experiences has to be in person. You can absolutely do that virtually. You can hop on a Zoom call, you can do those and get creative about, okay, maybe everybody can see the whole concert, but then there's a, a small meet and greet after that's, you know, those VIP type tickets where it is, you know, let's say on Zoom. So there's so many ways to be creative with those types of things. Even if you aren't leaving your house that you can do a lot of that stuff virtually, which is, which is actually pretty exciting. Mm. Heck yeah, dude, for sure. I, th I think that if there has been, you know, one good thing that's come out of like the pandemic, I think it, it has been really sh how it's illuminated our ability to stay connected through the, yeah. Can you imagine if, if the pandemic happened before we had the internet and like before we had zoom and we were able to like stick it in some ways, you know, like our, my, my bandmates in paradise fears, like, you know, we'd hadn't really like talked. We definitely hadn't like met up for, you know, probably a year, year or so um, before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened and we started meeting on zoom like weekly. <laughs> it was like, I felt, you know, right. in some ways we were able to connect more because of it. Yeah. And so I think that you're, you're definitely on, on point that there's a lot of, a lot of really unique opportunities that come from, you know, the way that the, that we have the internet and we have the ability to live stream that in some ways are even preferable to doing it in person. They're more, certainly more scalable. I feel like we've covered such good ground. I I'm like, I don't even know, like, man, where do we go from here? Is there anything else that you feel like, I mean, we, we've, we really have like covered a lot of really, really valuable topics today. I think like it feels pretty complete, but is there anything else that you feel like we haven't talked about that is maybe like a common misperception or com like a really big need for musicians right now that would be valuable to talk about before we wrap up? Man, I guess we did we did cover a lot. I can imagine too, uh, if you're a musician, an artist, producer, and maybe you're somewhat new to some of this. It's it's a lot. It's kind of it can feel dense in some of these terms and stuff like that. But I guess I just maybe maybe circle back to kind of what I started with of just approaching it with the same creativity, approaching it with the same curiosity that maybe we all did with music, especially in those early days. You know, like I know for me when I when I first started making beats, it was like magic. It was like, you know, it it sounded like trash, but I was I was like, oh my God, this is a, this sounds like music. I did that. Right. So I think if you can approach your marketing, your business, your your bigger strategy as a brand with that same kind of curiosity and creativity and, and excitement, then for one thing you're gonna have a lot more fun doing it. And, and you're gonna actually give yourself a chance to be successful because I've never met anybody, let's say, who's a producer, who's an incredible producer who hates making beats, right? The only way to get really good at it is because you've done it so many times and probably the only reason you've done it so many times is because you love to do it. So it's the same thing with growing your brand, your business in music. If you hate doing it, you're, you're probably going to suck at it and you're going to continue to suck at it because you're not going to want to put the time into it. So 
figuring out how to embrace that, how to have fun doing it, approaching it with that curiosity, that excitement, putting that creativity into it and being open to the idea, even if it sounds foreign right now, but the idea that it could actually maybe be just as fun to work on that side of things as your music, then I think you're actually giving yourself a chance to truly be successful. Mm, boom, mic drop. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Cool, man. Well, hey, I super appreciate you coming on here and, and being able to have this conversation. It's a lot of fun uh, for me personally. Just I, I really enjoy being able to talk with, with people like you and about, about these topics. And for anyone who is listening or watching this right now that wants to learn more about Legion Beats or wants to connect more with you personally, what would be the best place for them to go to, to learn more? Yeah, so two things. So if you're an artist, let's say you're a rapper or a singer, go to legionbeats.com slash free, get some free beats. You can kind of check out what our whole process is on that side. If you're a music producer and you want to learn about growing your business, how to sell beats, go to midimoney.com slash training. And we've got a free training there that'll kind of teach you this whole process. And either one, even if you're not necessarily a producer or a rapper, if you just want to kind of see what that process looks like, you can go check it out and see how you might be able to model that process for what you're doing yourself. Awesome. Yep. So like always, we'll, we'll throw all the links in the show notes below here to make them as easy as possible to, to grab. And Gabe, thanks again so much, man. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take the music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.